And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. just shake things up a little bit and skip the countdown today why don't we that's what i get for doing six things at once here hello everyone and welcome of course if i hadn't said anything y'all wouldn't know i can own up to not being perfect i guess are are you okay over there business boss uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are live from the bunker here at SciFiForMe.com, SciFiForMe.tv, all over the social media. It is Thursday. It is the end of our broadcast week for this particular show. Lots of stuff happening here. The live chat is open for those of you who are watching live. We are broadcasting on YouTube and Facebook both. The email address, live from the bunker at sci-fi4me.com, if you want to send your thoughts that way or suggest topics or guests to invite to the program. You can always leave a comment if you're watching this after we're live. We also have a contact tab over at sci-fi4me.com. So if you want to get a hold of us that way, that is available as well. We do appreciate all of you being here. And being a part of this program, I don't know if the if the music mix is a little bit high. That sounds a little bit hot in my in my headphone. Let me turn that down a little bit more. Social media, we're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Gap, Maywe Minds, Instagram. Did I say Instagram already? No. That's where we are. And, of course, YouTube. Uh, for video, we're also on BitChute and Library if anybody wants to uh, check us out over there. If you have any kind of conscientious objection to the usual social media haunts we have some alternatives and this program is available in podcast form if you are into podcasts instead of watching on on video uh, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Double Twist and TuneIn you can find us on all of those different podcast players. Just search Sci-Fi for Me and uh, it should pop up. And we have a discount code over at SuperheroStuff.com. They just dropped a bunch of Mandalorian stuff. SuperheroStuff.com, 10% off when you use a promo code Sci-Fi for Me 10. And speaking of The Mandalorian, it is just hours away 
before we get episode one of The Mandalorian season two. And we are looking forward to it here because that means that we'll be able to talk about it. We're going to be talking tomorrow night on the Ranker Pit at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. We'll be talking about the the season premiere of The Mandalorian. Now, Mrs. Boss, check me on this because I'm 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 hearing something and I want to clarify because I'm not sure that I heard it right. Are we w- watching during the Ranker Pit, or are we watching it ahead of time and discussing it in the Ranker Pit? What was... I don't know that I'm... I may not be up to speed on the plan here. Uh, Are you clear? Said both? I've said both? Well, we'll have to figure that out. My, my thinking was that we were going to watch it and then just discuss it, but... Um, yeah, so I that's probably what we're going to end up doing because, um, uh, yeah, like like you said, there's not going to be a whole lot of people who are going to wait, uh, and and watch it with us there. But uh, I'm I may not wait because if it drops at midnight tonight, I might go ahead and watch it. <laughs> Europe for Europe time. Oh, to get it earlier? No. All right. Yeah, we are we are excited about the Mandalorian coming uh to uh to our screen again. Looking forward to that. Getting a little get a little baby Yoda and uh Moff Gideon, Cara Dune, Darksaber. There's a lot of stuff going on this season with a lot of speculation. There's been a lot of rumors. And a lot of back and forth on what's in this season of the show. So it'll be interesting to see how much of the, how much of what we've heard, actually becomes true. So a lot of this, you know, you have to, you know, we recognize going into it that there's a lot of this stuff that's going to be rumor and hearsay, and people are making things up. And there are, you know, we have confirmed, there are a couple of places where it's confirmed that there are people actively engaged in disinformation campaigns in order to discredit certain YouTube channels. Uh, Fortunately, as far as I know, ours is not one of them, but there are people out there who would love to take down certain YouTube personalities and so you know setting them up uh, is par for the course these days and tomorrow uh, besides Ranker Pit we are also going to have a special episode of TARDIS Sauce which is our Doctor Who program our Doctor Who discussion uh, which is normally on Thursday nights, but we're going to try something tomorrow. Since since it's Halloween week, uh, we're going to do a special edition of Tartar Sauce, and it's going to drop at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon tomorrow, talking about scary episodes of Doctor Who. So we're going to get into that a little bit. And then, of course, we've got all the week's headlines over on Good Morning Multiverse Saturday morning. So all of that, it just, that's... That's a nor- the normal course of the week is a busy, busy week. 
and uh, we're about to add to that load, and and we're going to get into that today. One of the things that we have bounced back and forth on here a number of, of different times and places and discussions, the fact that uh, as sci-fi for me, uh, our emphasis and our focus is a lot has been a lot on science fiction, uh, but there is a lot of science fiction that crosses over into horror, and so on occasion we've we've dipped into uh, horror as well as fantasy, and uh, a while back. We had made the jump. We we decided to go ahead and create horror for me as a tag, as a channel. And the original idea was that sci-fi for me would concentrate on the science fiction and fantasy, and horror for me would concentrate on the horror, the supernatural, paranormal stuff. And uh, you know, we set up a, a completely new identity. So basically, it was going to the the original plan was it would be its own channel, and you would have uh, distinct sets of programs depending on which channel you were on. So sci-fi for me would have one set of of shows and articles and such, and then horror for me would have the other. Well, it didn't quite work out that way because the audience never found horror for me. So we folded it in, and if you go to sci-fi4me.com, you can see uh, the horror for me tab in the navigation. So it's still there. There's still a horror for me presence. But we have not had very much in the way of horror programming here on the video channel. So we're in the process of stepping up with that. We've had a number of different discussions about different things that we can do. Uh, the beginnings of that uh, is is Tim Harvey doing the horror segment on uh, on Good Morning Multiverse. So he he condenses and compiles all of the horror headlines, and he's got a segment on Good Morning Multiverse for that. And there's enough going on in the horror. Uh, environment that we could possibly spin that out into its own news program. We've talked about that. I don't know if we're going to do that or not. Uh, I, I, I guess some of it would depend on whether or not there's any interest. Uh, but uh, maybe we'll see. I mean, it's, it's early in the, in the discussion. It's early in the, the, the conversation about all of that. And a lot of it's going to depend on how things go, what kind of traction we get on a lot of this stuff. I was I was actually kind of surprised that uh, yesterday's discussion about transparency tube didn't uh, didn't pick up a lot of viewers uh, like I was hoping. And and to be fair, a lot of our programs don't pick up the number of audience people that I would that I would hope. Uh, but it's it's consistent at least. You have regulars uh, here, and and we do appreciate those of you who continue to come in and visit us and watch our our shows. Uh, don't get me wrong, I, that's that's great. We love having everybody here that's here. We just like to have more. I mean, it's that's the nature of the beast. We're we're doing this because we enjoy it, but we also would like to, for others to enjoy it as well. And the the transparency tube discussion is an important discussion that I think needs to be had at this point 
because, like I said yesterday, it is a dangerous uh, threat to certain YouTube channels, especially the smaller individual creators. And I think uh, that the people who are in charge of it are either blind to the potential harm that could come of it, or they are deliberately ignoring the potential for harm. I don't, I don't see, you know, they don't strike me as having a lot of malice aforethought, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't seem like they've had a lot of aforethought. That I, I don't think they've entirely thought this through unless they have, and this is the goal of, uh, of labeling and categorizing various different YouTube channels in order to make them more discernible targets uh, for certain activity. I don't know that that's the case. I'm not going to make that accusation without any kind of evidence to back it up. But on the face of it, the, the appearance is such and the, the concern is such that I think it's something that they should take seriously and, and reevaluate, and I don't think they're going to do that. I, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I look at different operations out there, different channels, different websites, different organizations, media sites, and whatnot, and I am struck by the lack of self-awareness sometimes. The transparency tube is just, is just one of the latest examples of that. But this sense of we're not doing anything wrong uh, seems to pervade a number of websites and platforms and, and creators and, and organizations and whatnot. And not, not just, you know, in terms of political things or anything, but just, just in general. And it's one of the things, uh, one of the reasons why it's so important here for us to have what I call abort or pivot points, where we sit there and we sit there and say, okay, is this working? Is this not working? If it's not working, what do we do different or do we shut it down? These, these are the moments of self-evaluation and re-evaluation. And we take a look at the performance of our different programs and what's going on over on our .com with our articles, which are few and far between right now because we're, one, shorthanded, two, I'm, I'm rethinking the focus of the .com because, <coughs> excuse me, for a long while there, a lot of what we were doing was duplication of effort. So we were, you know, because we have Good Morning Multiverse to go over news items for the week, it's uh, a little bit... In my mind, we're doing the work twice if we post news articles that you can get anywhere else, but then we go through on Saturday and we aggregate everything into one report. So my leaning right now is for the .com to flip more, and, and this is something that we've been starting to emphasize. We do all of the, the different Comic-Con schedule updates. Mrs. Boss has been putting those out, but then also we're putting out more reviews. And those are things you're not going to get anywhere else. I mean, you can go to 
uh, Nerdist or Newsarama or IGN or Bleeding Cool or or Slash Film or Cinema Blend or Hollywood Reporter or, or Variety, Deadline, any of those, and you get the news items, the casting announcements and the you know the new shows and the new projects and whatnot, and you go to you know places like uh, uh, Daily Beast or or any of those and get a lot of this stuff, the, you know, the entertainment, the pop culture news, this is stuff that we aggregate together and put into one place on Saturday morning. Which begs the question, do we even need the .com? And I think we do. I think there's value to have that there so our reviews can live somewhere, plus all of our old uh, our, our news material, all of our archive is there. And it's also a place where you can connect with events. Our events list is massive and continues to grow. Mindy has done a phenomenal job of maintaining that, adding events to it. It is a it is a work it is a constant work in progress. She is always checking and making sure that every event that's on that list is an active current event. Now this year has been difficult because there have been a number of events that have canceled, but uh, we are doing our best to make the distinction between an event that's canceled for the year and an event that's completely shut down altogether, gone away forever. There is that distinction, and we're trying to make sure that we keep track of which ones are shutting down just simply because of what's going on now as opposed to we're no longer doing an event ever again. And then all of the ones that are pivoting to a virtual event, we're keeping track of all of those too. So Mindy's been very busy behind the scenes keeping track of all of that. And uh, I will I will take every opportunity that I get to publicly commend her for the work that she's doing on that because it, it takes a lot of effort and she is uh, she is doing it the best she can, and she's doing a, gr- a great job of it. But you can find that list over at SciFiForMe.com. Click on the Conventions tab, and you will get the master alphabetical list of all of the events that we know about, plus an embedded Google Calendar so you can see when they're happening and, and where, and, and they all link to the events' websites. Um, it's... It's searchable if you hit Control F and you're and you're searching for a particular event or a city. Uh, I have yet to come across a decent widget that we can put on that page that lets you just kind of scroll through and search and and do whatever. We're we're still I'm still looking for that. If anybody's got a suggestion, I'm open to it. But that's what we've got going on here. So it's it's one of those things where uh, we continue to adjust. We continue to uh, make sure that what we're doing here is relevant and has some appeal to our audience. And if we're doing something that you guys don't like, then by all means, let us know. Or if you're doing, you know, if we're doing something you do like, you know, we appreciate hearing about that as well. You know, your feedback is always welcome here. 
Um, and if you want to support us financially, there are ways to do that as well. And we appreciate that. But I'm, I, I don't make a habit of coming out and saying, please, uh, may I have more? Give us money. I don't, I don't do that. I'm not comfortable with that. I should probably do it a little bit more often than I do. But again, it's, it's not something that I sit there and, and I know it's a necessary component. And if I had my druthers, we would have advertisers and I wouldn't have to worry about it. But, uh, it's, it's just something that I've got to wrap my head around asking for things like super chats and, and the PayPal, you know, going to the tip jar and the PayPal and the subscribe star account and all of that. It's just something that I'm, I don't want to put a whole lot of heavy emphasis on because then it feels like we're doing this just so we could get your money and we're not, we're doing this because we enjoy doing it. We, we enjoy having the interaction and the conversation with all of you out there. Uh, and if you are not subscribed to the channel yet and you keep coming back, that's great too. But if you're not subscribed and you've just found us, you know, we're happy to have everybody on. And, and looking at the numbers and the analytics and the statistics, there are a lot of people out there who are watching our shows that are not subscribed. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. It's very likely and possible that a lot of our subscribers are not getting notifications when we put new content out anyway. So everybody is finding us pretty much the same way, I think. And uh, we do enjoy having all of you here. So in all of that, uh, talking about the various different things that we're doing here and our approach to things, we are constantly looking for new ideas. We're talking about new shows. We're talking about new plans and schemes to take over the world. And as part of that, uh, we would like to invite you to be a minion uh, if you want to be a brand ambassador if you are not embarrassed by flying our colors we do have these stickers available if anybody wants one you can send a dm you can send a contact you can send an email or you can send a self-addressed stamped envelope we'll take one of those too sci-fi for me 1503 main street number 305 grandview missouri 64030 that address is also good if you have something that you would like for us to review. If you've done a book, if you've got a graphic novel, if you've got something that you would like for us to take a look at and render an opinion on, we are happy to do that as well. Of course, it's got to be genre. It's got to be science fiction, fantasy, horror. We'll take a look, and we will add that to the list. We'll add it to the queue. All right, when we get back, we are going to be talking about a brand new show. That's starting on Saturday. Stand by. Thanks for watching Sci-Fi for Me TV. Be sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our channels so you don't miss our next broadcast. You're watching Sci-Fi for Me TV. Back live from the bunker, Jason Hunt here, and we are now in Memorex land, pre-recording last night, 
along with Timothy Harvey and Leslie Walker, who are here this hour. Hello, you two. Hello. So the reason that I have subjected them to this signal boost here demanded their presence because you know i'm the boss now we are we are <laughs> we are talking about a new show that is part of our horror for me block and it is called foreign bodies and really this is the only promotional image that we've got so far we've got to shoot some more photographs so welcome the two of you thank you so let's let's start and we're going to keep this short but let's start with establishing because tim and i have occasionally have have talked on h2o podcast a number of times about horror and his interest in horror and noir and all of that so leslie let's start with you i'm going to put you on the hot seat a little bit your okay. your interest in horror started where? Um, junior high, middle school. Um, I mean, we talk we talk a little bit in in well a lot in depth really in the very first episode about the the sources of um, our our love for the genre. Um, but high level, I guess. Um, I don't know. I had a I had a I had a couple of incidents which really kind of intrigued me and real made me realize that it's kind of tapping into something uh, deep within, and um, it, it it made me realize some things about kind of the human psyche that I wasn't really able to articulate at a young age, but but made me think, huh? People are kind of funny. And here's an, here's an outlet for um, exploring that idea. <laughs> we get into it more in the first episode. With, I highly recommend it. We do. With, with blood and gore and, and also. Now, are you, are you more in, are you, Leslie, are you more into the, the psychological horror side of things? Or are you into the blood and guts? What's, what's your preferred delivery system? Um, you know, <laughs> I, I'm an equal opportunity genre appreciator. Um, I love blood and guts. Really, really good practical effect blood and guts is like that has such a soft spot in my heart. Um, but I, I think, you know, a really well orchestrated movie where the actors give taught performances and where um, script is really tight and, you know, maybe there's not even a whole lot of um, obvious scary stuff happening, but tension is slowly building, also has a really awesome place in the genre. And I like everything in between. Um, I would generally say that if it's well done, I like it, irrespective of, of effects or psychological or whatever but that's not exactly right because there's some stuff that's bad that i also like 
<laughs> the guilty pleasure stuff, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and sure. and Tim, you you and I have talked a little bit the fact that uh, that we've been on that side of the camera where we know how the how the pancakes are made, as it were. Right. And that, how much of an effect does that have on your ability to enjoy horror? Because you know, special effects, CGI, you know, you know, spaceships and ray guns and 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 lightsabers are one thing. But when you get into that more visceral monster, ugly, you know, guts and goo, you you know you know it's just Cairo syrup. And how do you how do you enjoy that for what it is? Well, it actually enhances it uh, for me anyway, because you actually get to know when when you see a really good like when you see a really good dismemberment. <laughs> And you've been yeah. part of you've been part of a film shoot where you've actually helped someone, you know, um, you you may not have built the fake leg, but you carried it from their car to the set, <laughs> and and you were there when they they ran the tube up the side, and so you could you know push the button and. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of pleasure to that. My very first experience in making films in Kansas City. Um, I was working crew on a film, which unfortunately has never been completed. It was, a, it was a short horror film. And I got to shoot the blood cannon. And if you've never shot a blood cannon, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I, got to, I got to help make brains for that shoot. So that, you know, maybe there's, a, there's a, a real pleasure. And when, you, and when they're done really, really well, you appreciate the effort that goes into it. And so if you look at a really good practical effect, and there's some you can there's some joy to be found in digital, of course, too, but for practical effects especially, and a lot of horror filmmakers like to lean into the practical effect aspect. Um, a lot of modern horror filmmakers, one of the reasons they do that is because they grew up with some of watching films by some of the great practical effects masters of horror. You know, and so there's just something about seeing that and going, oh yeah, you guys had fun. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's, <clears throat> excuse me. There's, there's craft involved, right? And oh, I think yeah. if you're a craftsman and you're watching another craftsman who executed the craft really well, you enjoy it as a fan, but you also enjoy it as a fellow craftsman and you just appreciate what the thoughtfulness and the care that mm -hmm. went into executing it. Now on the flip side, when you see a really bad effect, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh no, no guys, that's <laughs> not how you do it. that. No, don't do it that way. I yeah. can tell you how to do that, come on. <laughs> well, and, and some of that, because you know, Leslie, like you said, the guilty pleasures, there are some that are just really bad execution and story and and all of that but yet we still enjoy them um and you've and you've mentioned before that one of the one of the aspects of horror that you like is the absurdity aspect you know the the idea that this is just you know humans being humans but oh god why did they just do that type of thing right and and it's one of those things where you know, don't go into the shed. You know, you want to just scream at the at the screen and say, "No, don't go there." 
there's a uh what was that tv commercial i, I don't i want to say it's a it's a cell phone commercial let's go hide behind all of the all of the it's sharp things chainsaws. yeah well there's a car running right there i know I mean, it's, it's got a key in the engine we could just take that no why would we do that no let's just go hide in the barn <laughs> yeah the best part of that commercial is the clearly implied to be a serial killer standing there looking at them like how, yeah how dumb are you <laughs> uh well <laughs> i mean you know the the concept of splitting up and someone going wandering off on their own is baked into the horror genre mm -hmm. and it's and yet there are plenty of filmmakers who have subverted that and and the fun part is is that when you your audience knows what these tropes are they they know what the pitfalls yeah. are and and the joy is finding those horror filmmakers a lot of times for me is is when they look at that and go i know what you're thinking i i'm not doing that <laughs> um and and that really is kind of it's fun because horror because of the range of stories you can tell everything from very very low-key you know stuff that really just gets under your skin and stays there for a long time all the way up to just a splatter fest is that there's such a range of kinds of stories you can tell in between the two. Yeah. And because horror basically hits the same structure beats as comedy, uh, build up, you know, explosion, punchline, or in release, you end up with a lot of different ways you can play that everything from slapstick comedy horror yeah all the way you know like the early say um you know early peter jackson films right all the way up to incredibly dead serious hard-hitting films that are designed to make you think say you're looking at something like the witch right there's a big there's a big range in between the kinds of stories they're telling and yet they're the same genre. So there's a lot, there's a lot of room to move around. <laughs> but the other thing too is that normally when we sit and talk about horror, we're talking about American horror. We're talking about the tropes that we find in the United States that may not necessarily be the same tropes that you would find in, say, Russian horror or Japanese horror. I mean some of it translates and some has influenced, you know, they've influenced each other back and forth. But as you guys have started to go through all of this, have you noticed maybe a completely different set of tropes, depending on what country that you're looking at? Or have we gotten far enough into this yet that, that we've have, we haven't noticed a pattern yet? I've noticed different mythologies um different tim you've talked a lot about the different things from culture to culture that make things scary for the the citizens of that culture i'm not sure i've noticed a whole lot in the way of tropes though yeah. although we have we have been looking we start off just preview for what we start off with the show we start off with russian films with russian horror and we don't actually we don't we only go so far in. We don't, you know, we, we spend about three, look at about three films an episode right now. And so we can go to a certain amount of depth. And, and as time, this is going to build up in terms of knowledge as we look at things. We don't get through all of Russian horror in, in the first two episodes we do. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's more there, right? And it's, it's going to be like that for everything. 
But as we look at these things, we are gonna see the differences and the similarities between the cultures. And we're gonna see the differences and similarities between the way they tell their stories. I mean, just because fear is a universal human emotion, it does help make horror be something that translates well from one culture to another overall. A lot better than say romantic comedy, right? A US romantic comedy is not necessarily going to play anywhere outside of the US or maybe Canada. Right. Um, maybe, maybe the UK. But for a large part, horror can transcend those boundaries. So if you're looking at say Japanese horror, J-horror, you know, it has a very six, you know, a lot of American audiences really enjoy that type of horror. It translates well, um, but there's so many other countries that haven't had the exposure in American audiences that, that Japanese horror has or Spanish horror, things like that. There's, there's a lot out there that we don't, we don't even know how their culture deals with horror because we don't get those films in the US or we don't have the kind of exposure where maybe there are a few films that have played here, but they've never had the reach of say, or, or got the joys or pitfalls of the Hollywood remake. Well, and maybe that's something worth exploring a little bit later on as, as we get our feet under us with this show, uh, you know, and, and gain some traction. Maybe this is something where we can talk to film critics or filmmakers from those countries, invite them in and talk about those aspects of, of making horror in those countries. I guess we should clarify foreign bodies is going to be exploring horror outside the United States. That's the whole, that's the whole that's the we whole purpose of the show. Put that out there, didn't we? <laughs> oh, by the way, <laughs> we knew what we were talking about. <laughs> well, and how I, I think we were what um uh maybe had the logo for a month before I realized that the N is backwards in the in the text. So you know oh, yeah. we're we're always going to be playing catch up on the show. I think. So. Not always the most observant of creatures, are we? Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess. <laughs> We're big picture people. Yes. Yes. So the the influx, you know, we like you said, Tim, we haven't had a whole lot of foreign horror that comes over here, except for maybe Japanese stuff and and some some select different pieces. Uh, are there? Are as as you make your spreadsheet as as Leslie is working on the spreadsheet, you guys are going through all of the different co- countries. Is there one in particular that that you're looking forward to exploring, maybe more than others, or all they are are they are they all equally intriguing, or is there one out there that's oh I can't wait to sink my teeth into this, fill in the blank. There's a certain amount of nostalgia factor for Spanish uh, horror for me, because that a lot of my early exposure to horror as a teenager and in foreign film was Spanish and Italian uh, horror films. So there's like some of this is going to be going back and looking at films that you know made a, made an impression on me when I was a teenager again with with fresh eyes and looking at it from the angle of someone talking about it on a show, right? Um, but there's a oh, there's, there's so much South American horror that I have just never seen. It's it's there's just a huge. I mean, you get that Mexican horror, you know, Guillermo del Toro. You know, certainly there's we have some exposure to that. We you know we've got a famous director now, and, and but there's the list of films I haven't seen from from our southern neighbors is just a lot. 
for me, I think um, I really kind of dove into South Korea this mm-hmm. this year, and that was really before I saw Parasite. And so the two were really unrelated events for me. And so I've, I don't know, I've watched maybe five, six, seven of them by now, but I just find them to walk this lovely balance between humor and tragedy. Like it, it sort of doesn't matter how ultimately tragic the horror movie is at the end they they tend to weave in these funny moments along the way which is nice because it relieves a little bit of the tension and it also makes it just feel more real sure in a way dimensional um and so i i really find that i respect um the way that south korean um filmmakers have have approached the genre and i'm really looking forward to doing a little bit more of it well, and I think that that goes back to what Tim was saying about how comedy and horror have the similar similar types of sensibilities in terms of timing and setup and punchline and that kind of thing. Where, like you like you're saying, it does add that extra layer of how it plays, and maybe that's something with that. Maybe is not just with the South Korean stuff. Maybe that's something that ends up being universal across across the board that that sense of the two of those things running parallel in the types of delivery they have maybe that's something that all horror film shares i would say there's a lot of j-horror that plays really straight yeah yeah i would say that that one of the things you at least for me adding humor can often make you care more about the characters and really good effective horror the the kind of horror that really really gets to you is the kind where you actually do care about the characters you're not actively rooting for them to die terribly because they're the dumbest people on the planet or they're just awful you you actually find it's like any good drama you're engaged with that character and when the horrible thing happens um or you're you're fearing for that character um, you, you get, I think you get more out of the film, at least I do. Yeah. And I think that uh, humor and, and giving you that sense of, we just watched, we watched a Russian film. We're not going to tell you more about this and we have to watch the show. Um, but one of the things that we really, really enjoyed about it was moments where it was just people talking because it was very natural. And it really made you feel like these were, you know, not, you weren't just watching actors doing the acting thing you were watching these characters engaging with each other. Mm-hmm. And that makes, of course, what happens to them later all the worse. So, you know, I mean, that helps when you can really care about it. I was just watching, not, and this isn't, of course, obviously not a foreign film, House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, as an example, Rob Zombie's first horror film. I, I do not care for this movie. Um, I know it's got its fans and all power to you. And but aside from the last 10 minutes of the movie, it's a bore because the characters are awful and I have no sympathy for anybody. And I'm just waiting for them to all die terribly. And unfortunately, none of them die terribly enough for me to get, <laughs> even get the release of going, yes, at least they're dead now. You know, I don't even get that, right? The last 10 minutes is, is completely insane and I wanna see the rest of the movie. That's, a, that's part of as opposed to the, the, the first part of it. But so that's a film that, you know, I could not engage with because I didn't like the characters. Yeah. 
Leslie, you mentioned uh, once that that Stephen King was was on the on the radar early for you in terms of you know reading. Um, we've talked about film. I would think that probably uh, this would also give us an opportunity to explore some of the written horror, maybe. Maybe looking at trans, you know, translations, of course. But I've got, I've got in my library a collection of short stories from Russia, the science fiction short stories. So I imagine there's, an, there's quite a bit of horror literature that could be explored from these other countries as well. Uh, are, are, is that something that is worth the time? Do you think we're going to get into that at all at, at some point? I say we never say never. When we first started talking about sketching out this show and what we were going to include, what we weren't going to include, um, I think we said, well, loosely we're going to talk about foreign horror, but really everything's up for grabs. So so I would say, yeah, if, if we sort of organically go there, it makes sense. I, I'm certainly up for it. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, and if those of you are out there who have some experience with foreign horror, uh, we are going to set up an email address, foreignbodies at sci-fi for me.com, so you can send us your suggestions on things worth exploring. And the show will debut this Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 Central, here on Sci-Fi For Me TV with Leslie Walker and Tim Harvey in the driver's seat. I'm just going to push buttons behind the scenes because I'm not the horror fan in the crew. So uh, we, I will, I will defer to their expertise on this, and uh, and and you can enjoy their conversations because I don't always have to be in it. But our goal is, of course, is to worm its way into you. And one day you'll discover you're sitting there watching the horror film and you'll go, no! <laughs> well, become, you'll, it'll be one of us, one of us, I, one of I us. Do have, of us. I do have a set of photographs of a rather impressive knee injury from someone <laughs> i suppose maybe we can share those one of these days who knows all right well yes okay so so uh foreign bodies and it's going to run i think every couple uh, every other week i think is what we've talked about saturday at 1 p.m eastern 12 central leslie walker tim harvey thanks for being here to talk about it All right, there we go. Your first look into Foreign Bodies, which debuts Saturday here on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Very much looking forward to that. That volume, that volume knob right there just uh, likes to stick just a little bit. Okay, so there we are, Foreign Bodies, looking at horror from outside the United States. We're very much looking forward to sharing that with you. 
and that starts on Saturday. It'll go every other week-ish uh, as we get those things produced. The first uh, first hour is an introduction. Uh, Tim and Leslie talking about their uh, entry into horror. So hopefully it's something that you enjoy. And so uh, make sure that you're subscribed so you have the notifications and, and you know when those go live. So uh, looking forward to that. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Short show today. Uh, be sure to be back on next week. Uh, we're going to have uh, Keith the Candido or is going to be here on Thursday. And who is here? Raymond Bolton, author. Raymond Bolton will be here on Wednesday. No show on Tuesday. Uh, because we'll probably be standing in a line somewhere, and uh, then uh, we'll likely have a show on Monday. We'll let you know. Be sure to uh, check out our social media for announcements and programming changes, and we will be back to do this all again next week. Thanks for being here, everyone. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.